This episode of GameScoop is brought to you by 4hymns.com. This show's gonna be Scoop AF. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis, Scoop. Sam Claiborne, AF indeed, and Casey DeFridis is here. Hey guys. And we've got a great show for you this week. We're gonna talk about Nintendo's online service coming this September. Finally. I know, finally. We're gonna talk about quick time events. But first, with Red Dead Redemption 2 on everyone's minds, one of our listeners, it got him thinking about video game prequels, as Red Dead Redemption 2 is a prequel. What? It is. Scoop. <laughs> this is Ryan from Spokane, Washington. But Johnny Marston's in it. He says, everyone is seeing red <laughs> with the new Red Dead trailer coming out. It got me thinking. <laughs> Two things, specifically. First, with GTA being the biggest entertainment thing of all things ever, in your mind, what would Red Dead need to do to consider being successful? And second, speaking of being successful, can you think of any other video game prequels that were more successful than their predecessor. Isn't uh, isn't Red Dead Redemption a Grand Theft Auto prequel? <laughs> is that the same universe? I guess are it they could in be. universe? The extended auto universe? They're in the same universe. There was oh. a book on Franklin's bookshelf in GTA Five. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that true? Yeah, About, and it references Red Dead. Yeah, oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, I think Red Dead Redemption Two is going to be very uh, successful this year. However, I don't think it's going to surpass GTA V and become the most profitable entertainment thing Agreed. ever. But if it's not, we can use the little joke subhead on our review as CN Red. Yep. Yes. We have that joke now, thanks to the person who just wrote in. We don't have to give him credit, though. Okay. <laughs> we'll give him credit for that. The one. interesting thing, I don't, like, I'm trying, I was racking my brain thinking about this. And um, since video games are more about mechanics than story, to me, it's like harder for me to sort. I'm like, which game took place before which other game? And like, yeah. I have a hard time even keeping oh, track of that. Sometimes. I got some. Well, so we, we want to talk about prequels or we want to talk about Red Dead? Uh, we don't need to talk about Red Dead. We're talking about prequels. Prequels. Metroid okay. Prime is technically prequels. a prequel, isn't it? Well, it's Metroid? in between. The whole uh, Prime trilogy is in between Metroid and Metroid 2. Your Metroid's playing okay. right now. I think it's... <laughs> it, was, it was a question asked I thought it was right before Super Metroid. It's what now? I thought it was right before Super Metroid. Nah. I don't think so. It, so it goes Metroid... Then one, all two, the Prime Universe games, of which there's really a whole lot, and then uh, Metroid 2, two, and then Super Metroid, and then Fusion. Gotcha. When when is other M? That is uh, not at the canon. end as well. Not canon. <laughs> shouldn't be this erased. Is, from it, the baby. It, it's after the baby exists, which is yeah. in Super Metroid. There's this interesting thing that happens to long-running video game franchises where they become afraid to push the timeline forward, and so they totally. start like inserting other games all around in the timeline. Hmm. Um, like Mass Effect even did that after three games. Hmm. Um, Zelda does that. They well, I guess Skyward Sword fixed that, but uh, hmm. for a long time. Well, so the Zelda timeline has great prequels. But yeah. there, but the best one of all is Ocarina of Time because that's the one that starts all of the Zelda games. So that is, I, I think, the best prequel ever made. Zelda games. That's so. Uh, Skyward Sword was the first Zelda of all the Zeldas. Of all the it's Zeldas, set before all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's. Uh, I'm not aware of the actual like timeline <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of, of of Hyrule Historia. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think of a lot of good prequels, but I don't think any of them were yeah. more successful than other games. It's hard to come up games. with prequels like, that are more successful. Yeah, because right. like Halo Reach was good. Mm, that's a really good um, one. That's a good one. Uh, Final only... Fantasy Crisis Core was really interesting mm-hmm. because Zack was so mysterious in Final Fantasy VII, but it, it was on the PSP, so it definitely wasn't more successful than Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Halo Reach wasn't the only Halo prequel. Halo Wars mm-hmm. is also a prequel. It takes place before that, too. Yeah. 
There was a, there's a Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. <laughs> Yoshi's Island. Everybody's a baby. So, but see, this is what this is what I'm talking about. Where like I think about games more on a mechanical level than a story level. Like, are you like, th- does that does that mean that the, is that Baby Mario? Is that the same Mario? I don't know the actual story of what's going on well, there. Baby I believe Mario can Nintendo- race against. Adult Mario. Yeah, I believe Nintendo's recanted that that's actually the baby Mario Mario. That's, that's just, what I mean. It's just baby Mario. <laughs> that's, they're like, look, just don't worry about it too much. You're just yeah. taking care of this baby. Like That's why it's like uh, it's like how comic books get around this by having like infinite universes. Did you look up to see if any of the Castlevanias are prequels? Yes. Uh, Castlevania 3 is set several hundred years before Castlevania 1. Okay. Uh, and well, actually, there are other Castlevanias that are set before the first one, but Three was the first prequel in the oh, Castlevania saga. Okay. How many times has that castle come back? <laughs> yeah, is it like it's like every hundred years? Yeah. It's a horrible. Then, it's a horrible night to have a curse. It's a horrible you know, night. one of the Assassin's Creed was it? Was it Black so, Flag? Yep, Black Flag is a prequel of three. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Assassin's That's Creed Four. But like we're saying, it's hard to come up with uh, examples where. But the, isn't Origins a the, prequel to all of them? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have one, but uh, but 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 Black Flag is directly connected to three v- yeah. via direct descendant, whereas Origins is more yeah. like okay, this is just a long origin time. story. Yeah, yep, yep. So Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer <laughs> yeah. is a prequel to all the Star Wars games except yeah. for Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, th- that's kind of like a, a special case because spinoff movies <laughs> that get prequels. Uh, you know, I think Sam's spin-off. just making a goof. But Knights oh, of the- it's an old but, Sam goof, a real Sam Jim. Uh, <laughs> but Knights of the Old Republic is a prequel, then, right? Uh, it's not a prequel to other games, I guess. It's just a prequel to. Well, it was a series. video game based off like an expanded universe era that had already been, yeah. you know, yeah. explored in quite a bit of detail. I don't know if it's a prequel because it doesn't like it's not connected to any story threads mm-hmm. from the modern uh, mm-hmm. Star Wars stories that we know, right? right. Rob, love Metal Gear Solid Three. Metal Gear Solid Ooh, Three. That might be the best. So that one. takes place before the that other is, one. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Three is the earliest uh, g- game set in the entire Metal Gear Saga. As I understand it, mm. I think it goes three. Well, and four is like the last one, right? Three is at the beginning, and four is at the very end. Three, five, one, two, four. One. Yeah, it's something mm. like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Contra Four. It's a prequel to Contra Hardcore. Is that Which true? One's, that's the DS one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, made sure. by Way Forward. Yeah, sure. and that one is a prequel to Contra. Acceptable. Hardcore. Uh, what else? What else? There's so many. Uh, special you know what the prequel that blew my mind the most was? Uh, and I didn't know this until pretty recently, maybe the last five years, that the uh, Temple of Doom is a prequel to Raiders of the Lost. Oh yeah, yeah. I just, but it's only it's only 1935 to 1936, so it's like they're basically at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty neat. But that's why he, you know he doesn't end up with that girl. He yep. ends up with Marion. Yeah, mm-hmm. the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really like that. She's the best part of Crystal Skull. Uh, Marion. Yeah, yeah, maybe well, best part. I kind of immediately want to walk that back, but I thought like she's good. Bring her character back is really good, and it was just yeah. a nice arc. We we had a long article about how Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls is not so bad. Yeah, on, on IGN this week, an opinion piece. Yeah, I read it. Yeah, I didn't agree with it, but <laughs> yeah. I read it. An unpopular opinion mm-hmm. piece. Uh, this was news to me. Did you know Captain Toad is a prequel to uh, 3D World? What? Whoa! I had no yeah. idea. I didn't well, either. Apparently, so everyone spends thousands of words and man hours and YouTube videos unpacking the Zelda timeline. Yeah. Is there a Mario timeline? Is there like a, is there like a multiple Mario There's timeline the one theory? Where Mario beats Bowser. Mario doesn't beat yeah. Bowser. And it's just Mario. that is just a, a looping timeline to me. Like yeah, right? Because yeah. it just I guess the same thing with 
Lincoln Zelda, the same thing happens over and over again. That's I don't true. have I don't have any appointments hmm. today after four, so <laughs> I'm gonna clear my schedule. I'm gonna just go into a room from four to five, and I'm gonna Google Mario timeline, okay. and then we'll just. <laughs> I see. tried to look up the Bubble Bobble timeline, but that fa- failed at that too. So we could probably address that while we're yeah. at it. Well, this, there's a journey to the Cave of Monsters. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> In Bubble Bobble, you get turned. Bub and Bob get turned into dinosaurs. Yeah, they're. they're I just, thought they were originally dinosaurs. No, they're just children. Yeah. Maybe they're dragons. Yeah. I always forget they're if they're dragons. dinosaurs or dragons. They're dragons. I think. Um, I mean, that's cool. But then in, in, in Rainbow <laughs> Islands, the story of Bubble Bobble 2, they're just kids the whole time. Yeah. So were they fixed, or was that before they got turned into dragons? Question. We, the world we'll, we never know. We might never know. It's cool. possible. <laughs> it's just it's as frustrating as not getting Half-Life 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember Dark Void? Does anybody remember Dark Void? Nope. From Capcom, yes. Last generation. Oh, Dark Void Zero. Is that what you're going to say? Dark Void Zero. Everybody remembers Dark Void Zero. Is that the eight-bit version. The eight-bit version of the game that was a prequel oh. and much better than the actual. It's such Dark a Void was the game where there was vertical sequences, but then it took the camera behind you, so it just looked yeah. like you're running on the ground, but you're like. You looked like rebelling. you're crawling on your belly. Yeah. But you're really climbing up a cliff. Yeah. Yeah. That was neat. Yeah. It was weird. Weird, weird time. Uh, Dragon Quest slash Warrior Three. Drawquay. Is a prequel. How does that work? Prequel, prequel to the first game. Okay. Resident Evil Zero? Resident Evil Zero is another one, yeah. Good one. That's probably a, that's a well-regarded Resident Evil, right? I played it, I just don't know how to rank it. Yeah. Drakengard 3 is a prequel to the original Drakengards, which also makes it a prequel Mm -hmm. to Nier. Wow. Now, are they dinosaur guards or Drakengards? (laughs) Drakengards. It's really weird. Were they boys at one point? (laughs) There were were always dragons, and (laughs) there were these things called intoners. It's weird. I'm not going to get into it. It's very strange. Okay. I enjoyed it, though. Uh, <laughs> those bubbles, though. Both Deus Ex, uh, Human mm. Revolution, one. and Mankind Divided are prequels to the original Deus Ex mm-hmm. by like 100 years-ish, I think. I don't think I like prequels after this discussion. <laughs> yeah? What about Gargoyle's Quest 2 on NES? That's a prequel? It's a prequel to the original Gargoyle's Quest, which is a Game Boy game. game Boy, yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2 is going to be a prequel. That's ah. true. That's a good that one. Looks, that That's looks a good one. one. Uh, there's some bigger AAA uh, prequels, Gears of War Judgment and God of War Ascension. How funny is it that they came out, like, it's like the most blatant video game example of, like, two asteroid movies coming out at the same time. or Judgment and Ascension? Yeah, like, God of War Judgment and Gears of War. Both an exclusive, yeah. Yeah, both (laughs) console exclusive, the fourth Mm -hmm. entry in their franchise. I think they came out, like, the same month or right in the same period. They're both prequels. that's pretty funny. Mm. Uh, Vice City, San Andreas, and Grand Theft Auto Advance are all set before GK3. I don't think that counts. <laughs> you don't think it counts? I don't think That's it a thing? It is a thing. There's a whole timeline of, of Grand Theft Auto. What about the 60s one? Well, that was I, the I don't one. think it counts just because it's tackling a different <laughs> yeah. time period. So it's more like the Knights of the Old Public scenario. That's fine. Mm. That's fine. Uh, is, is it true that Minish Cap is a prequel to Four Swords? Well, so, see, now you're getting into the Zelda. I don't even want to. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> okay. We talked Cap, about it before. Minish Cap is how Link got his, his hat. Here's the thing. <laughs> but then the hat never talks again. The Legend of Zelda, it, if you just go back to if you go back to 1992, then A Link to the Past is a prequel to Legend of Zelda. That's that's cut and dry. That's very okay. easy. Okay. That's a nice easy one, you know. Sure. But then uh, the the Adventure of Link is a sequel, and then which is Zelda two. Yep. Right. And then the Game Boy one, uh, Link uh, Link's, Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening is a sequel too, because those are directly all linked together. So to speak, uh, but yeah, Link to the Past was a good prequel. Okay. Now that the Zelda timeline is the worst d- thing. Mm-hmm. It's the, the worst thing. The worst stupidest thing that there is. I is just the don't Zelda. try to trouble myself Zelda with timeline. it. So the Skyward Sword predates everything. It's the first one. Yeah, yeah that one. I, I because it m- makes sense of the lore. 
Why is that? Into the lore of it. Oh, it's man. just where it's like where the it. Because there's bird droppings everywhere, but like, um, so but that's in. But Ocarina of Time tells that story, but it just does it as you like live the gods it. created like, the world. Yeah, you live it. You live like the you know creation stuff of the Triforce and Skyward. Gotcha. So, so they bookended it. So Skyward Sword is the first one. Twilight Princess is the last one. Although Twilight Princess is sort of a cheat. Like it's kind of trying to like recombine the timelines into like one. Mm. Anyway, well, so but when, there have been times of great prequels in the Zelda series. That's good. When where is Breath of the Wild? I don't know where Breath that's of the Wild is. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. I keep saying Twilight Princess. I keep meaning to say Breath okay. of the Wild. That's, is, that's, that's the latest one? End? Yeah. Okay. okay. Interesting. Because it references all of them. It's got like mm-hmm. a destroy uh, the Lawn Ranch. Oh, and, and, uh, there's something about and the And there's three sages. timelines anyway. And the, and the mountain peaks and stuff. It just it references. Yeah. Again, it's a little bit of a cheat because it's just kind of recombining and mashing up all the Zelda lore into one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who remembers Lethal Enforcers? <laughs> don't know what that is. The gun uh, game? The light yep. gun game? The light gun game from Konami. Oh, very much so. It was uh, a modern day setting. But Lethal Enforcers 2, Gunfighters, is in the Old West. Well, oh, does boy. that mean Mad Dog McCree is a but prequel to both of those? <laughs> is it also Konami? I think so. Yeah, they know, yeah then let's those say. The same games? Let's say yes. Uh, wow, I think we covered Is there a Sonic yeah. prequel? <laughs> There's got to be a Sonic prequel. Actually, I think the. So is there a baby Sonic? Sonic the there Hedgehog. Help! Came to Sega Genesis. <laughs> I need to know. And then I think the Master System version is actually set before. No, it's just a port of something. Yeah. I, th- I think well, it might be. there's a Game Gear one. That's I different. played the Game Gear one, which I didn't know when I was a kid. I found out later is just a up, you know, it's a Master System version of Sonic. I'm like, why does oh, this so feel so weird? Right, then. And, hmm. and finally, Yakuza Zero. Oh, good one. It's a prequel. And Batman. Probably anything Origins. with Zero. Arkham Origins, title. yeah. Origins. If you have Origins in your title, or Zero in your title. That's what I was trying to. Th- <laughs> so Assassin's Creed had that in Batman, right? So. Yeah. But it is difficult to think of a prequel that outsold. So we're overdue for a Sonic Zero. Sonic <laughs> Zero, yeah. Yeah, I mean, where did the Chaos Emeralds come from? Did they ever cover that? Or the Master Emerald? I asked. Was yeah. it Sonic and Knuckles? Right. Every day when I wake up, I ask. Where did those Chaos Emeralds come from? Where did the Chaos Emeralds come from? I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's answered in one of the games that I just don't remember. <laughs> Maybe it's in Knuckles before the Chaos. It's in the comic <laughs> books. It's in the. It's in the Saturday morning cartoon. Uh. See, we're not making fun of Sonic the Hedgehog. We're no. actually participating we would in never. a friendly conversation about Sonic the Hedgehog and the games that are varying qualities. I was making fun of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I like Sonic, and I like yeah, Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2. I just do not remember the storylines mm-hmm. except for Adventure 2. I remember the storyline of Sonic 1. I like the Sonic CD soundtrack. The soundtrack. Yeah. Sonic Good boom, song. Sonic boom, Sonic boom. <laughs> Those are the lyrics? <laughs> Those are the lyrics. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. We finally got details late last night uh, about Nintendo Switch's online service, which I think they're just calling Nintendo Switch online. Yeah, it's, it's a prequel to their, it's con- a prequel to, well, to their yeah. Wii U. Yeah, that's why it's... <laughs> virtual console. I mean, that's why it's so, so uh, primitive. less robust. <laughs> it launches this September. Uh, I don't have an exact date, but it will launch in September. $20 a year. Mm-hmm. $20 a year, so it's at least... Uh, Bargain basement price. But, the cheapest of the, of the three, but... But if you have multiple profiles on your Switch, mm-hmm. it'll be $35 Yeah, a, a family year. plan. Yeah. A family plan. For you up want to, all of the profiles. For up to eight profiles, I believe. Uh, we'll also launch with 20 NES games that are, I, I assume, included with your subscription that are, have all added online functionality. And Balloon Fight is the one they keep showing off, but they announced like soccer. Um, oh. The ones, so the games they've announced so far, soccer, tennis, Donkey Kong, Mario Brothers, yeah, Super Mario yeah. Brothers, Balloon Fight, Ice Climber, Dr. Mario, Legend of Zelda, Mario Brothers 3, 
And those are the ones they didn't ask so far. I can't wait for the oh. online multiplayer in Legend of Zelda. Yeah, what's Zelda going to be? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I mean, is Super Mario Brothers one of them? Yeah. But every yeah. single one of those games had one, a two-player mode except Zelda. One yeah. and three, not Super Mario Brothers 2. At least that's not on the list. Of and some of them have two-player modes, but you just have to, you trade yeah, you just have to wait. Yeah. What's up with the Mario 2 hate? Uh, I don't know. I love Super Mario Brothers 2. Well, yeah. that one definitely doesn't have two-player. Is Mario 2 a prequel? <laughs> It is set in a weird place that they never really revisit uh, it again. It's, you know, Are we not going to spoil it? Yeah, spoilers. We can spoil Mario. All right, well, it takes place in Subcon, yeah. which is Mario's subconscious. <laughs> but we don't know when was he when was he having that dream. When he had a bad meal. I think his wart is a representation of his tummy aching. So here's the thing. <laughs> I, uh, I was making fun of the Mario timeline, but I just had an epiphany, which is that Shy Guys originated from Mario 2. Yeah. But now Shy Guys are back. In like yeah. the actual Mario world, so they're not just in That's this dream. That's because Mario is the dream warrior. Made those, <laughs> he and I made also them. and I also I associate yeah. Shy Guys yeah, with like mine. with like Yoshi <laughs> games. Like that's where they're like a lot more prevalent. It's like it's like Goombas in Mario. So maybe games. everything Yoshi is a dream, mm. and maybe only the real Mario games don't have Yoshi in them. And like uh, Super Mario World, the greatest Mario game, uh, doesn't actually take place in the, that's the actual Kingdom. Subtitle. It's just in like Dinosaur Land. It's dinosaur Land, just yeah. for no reason. Series, uh, an archipelago of dinosaur. Uh, and finally, included in your subscription is uh, cloud saves for all of your Switch games, which should be free. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So twenty dollars a year, online play, cloud saves, and access to twenty NES games with online functionality to start. How a lot of the games that you've been playing online already, you're you're gonna have to upgrade yeah. to play, including Splatoon, which is in well, it was Mario intended to be. Online. So people are asking now, like we've had free online for so long, and now we have to start paying for it. But the free online was supposed to be like a tiny. Yeah, like, it's gonna be free for a little bit, and then you pay. But then they delayed the launch of online, yeah. so now it's like we've had free online for a long time, and yeah. so it feels a little bit worse than it was intended to. What about the September timing? Are they timing to launch this with Smash Brothers? Ooh, that that would be. Yes. Very sneaky. So is Smash Bros. out in <laughs> September? Well, it, yeah. Certainly not before that, right? I mean, yeah. That's a good point. But maybe they want people that te- have a tease of online in Smash Brothers before yeah. they switch it over. Nah. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe give them a... Well, I don't know. So, I mean, let's let's cut I through. can't imagine it'll be out there before was, September. There was another really big question that I had. was So, cloud saves, but would your account be transferable like it is for PlayStation and Xbox. Like you just sign in, then you have access to all your stuff. Mm. I found this sentence. Ooh. It says, online accounts will be portable across Switch systems provided you log on to a secondary console with your uh, centralized account. Oh, that's cool. So like, if my account is the main one paying for online, yeah. only mine can be able to be transferred through online. So the parent No account. one else's accounts on that Switch will be able to Oh, so they moved. So, but if the parent account moves, they can't bring all the other accounts with them? Unclear. It's unclear. Okay. That's I just think what it says. Just to cut through the noise, I consider this pretty bad news and mm. pretty underwhelming. It's super late. It, it's making people pay for a feature that should be standard and should be free and that Nintendo is the only company that doesn't provide, which is the cloud saves. Um, the NES games are super cool, but um, I don't know. I thought it was underwhelming, disappointing news from Nintendo. And there, uh, Kotaku got a quote that uh, there's no plans for a virtual console. Which is, the, that's the disappointing part of this to me. Well, and, and, that, and it's unclear if that means the branding of the virtual yeah. console yeah. or the whole concept of buying old freaking games. That's what. Which if they don't have that. 
the exact what quote am I doing with a, yeah. with a Nintendo online system. And, yeah. and I'm paraphrasing here, but the quote is something like, "We have no plans to bring back classic games under the Virtual Console banner." And so they like, they phrased it in such a way that you're kind of like, mm, like, what, like, does that mean you are going to bring back yeah, old games, yeah. but just not not the Virtual Console brand? Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't understand. Like, that was a a beloved feature of the three different Nintendo systems. I mean, the Wii had a crazy library. Yeah, over the past 10 years. So I don't understand why would they just let that die? I guess it didn't print money after all, Damon. Well, (laughs) so the cynical answer is that by by not bringing Virtual Console to Switch, they have a reason to sell you Super Mario 64 again instead of letting what, you... But that's what it is. That's what the virtual console is. No, but if everybody bought it on the Wii U, they would have been able to port uh, over their oof. virtual console. Oh, library. I didn't think about that. <laughs> that's so mean. No, you didn't... From the Wii to the Wii U, you still had to pay a fee. Yeah, you had to but pay But it was fee. nominal. Yeah. Like, Great. you didn't have to... But they like, definitely don't want you to... Like, now, now they're cutting that off. That's, that's how I read this news. That's why I assume they were doing it, is... They, you won't be able to transfer any of your old games. I think Nintendo saw like an existential threat, threat like we get to resell people our games every 5 or 10 years and they don't want to be they don't want to be caught in an expectation of once you buy Mario 64 once you you're set. It's going <laughs> to yeah. carry over from console. I mean, my console. expectation is still low in that I just want to buy the old games. I just want yeah. them to be available. Me too. And that's not even It's being crazy, offered. right? Yeah. Uh, why? Yeah. Why and then, can you not like and then why take the only NES games and some weird ones yeah. that you already can get for free in Animal Crossing, by the way? <laughs> so I think that... And yeah. make those the only online games that they're talking about right now. Like, why not, like, three Super Nintendo games, three NES games, and a couple Game exactly. Boy games or something? Yeah. The, uh, the so NES weird. Classic and SNES Classic are overwhelmed. Like, that's an actual pillar of Nintendo's business now yeah, that they true. just invented out of whole cloth. And so I think they're taking a look at that, too. Like... Mm-hmm. We can sell a dedicated box for you know fifty dollars or eighty dollars and get people to rebuy you know a lot of classic games that way, mm-hmm. and so you know maybe who's ever running the numbers on that side of the business took a look at the virtual console business and was like, guys, <laughs> let's just make a Game Boy Classic instead, you know, and let's keep reprinting the SNES Classic instead. Uh, this is a hundred percent our fault, is what you're saying. We shouldn't have bought the NES Classic. Mm-hmm. The SNES Classic just went back into stock last week and still sold out. In like in like four hours, it's so great. But I would buy other Super Nintendo games that were not in that. Exactly. I would. Yeah, Drop I would love to buy old games on my Switch. Can you take it everywhere? Exactly. That's yeah. that's yeah a little bit of a difference between this and, and the that's Wii, Wii U yeah. stores, virtual it's, consoles, because now it's actually portable. Definitely disappointing news, yeah. dude. Um, online balloon fight though, that does kind of make up for so, most of this. <laughs> you're being you're being sarcastic. No, you can at least play. You can I least, like balloon fight. Balloon fight is great music. You can at least play at the same time. You used to be able to play that in a flash browser and like upload your own music and like make your own backgrounds. It was some somebody janky website knocked off balloon fight that way. Yeah, that's. I think it's it's just a knockoff of Joust anyway. So I think Nintendo don't at me trying to separate out separate out their contemporary games business from the retro games business. And I think they're making a statement that the retro games business is now a separate thing that lives in these dedicated boxes. We are getting retro games on the Switch. Pretty much every week from SNK. Yeah, well, yeah, we're getting we like got bad dudes, super obscure SNK and Neo Geo uh, arcade games, and we get stuff like Wild Guns Reloaded. But it's like the the Switch eShop is kind of a mess right now, and yeah. it's really hard to find yep. uh, things. Uh, discoverability is a real problem there. So it'd be awesome to just have the Virtual Console where I want to I want to find a retro game. I just I know I can go to the Virtual Console, mm-hmm. sort by platform. Yep. I think every month that goes by, like I, I still adore my Switch and the games library on it are some of my favorite games from this generation. But the the past that they got at launch, 
for not having Netflix, not having virtual console, not having cloud saves. Like that console's not new anymore. That console's well over a year old. And some of that stuff is not even going to be solved until September, you know, when it's 18 months old. Mm-hmm. Like that's too long. It's too long for the eShop to be in the state. Are you going to return your Switch? <laughs> I just, it's, 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 we've like the goodwill that it's they built up with the quality of that console. I think they've spent it all. But they're going to show that switch light at E3 and then we're going to be like, oh, okay, I got to have that switch yeah. light. Yeah. Yeah. They probably are. It bends. <laughs> <laughs> Will it bend? Will it bend? Uh, you know, the interesting thing about the online service, it is not currently planned for Japan. What? They're what? rolling it out here and in Europe and South America, not for Japan. Why? I, I don't know why. It's not one of the territories. Because <laughs> we're the suckers. Yeah, maybe we're the guinea pigs. They yeah, won't maybe. give Japan I don't know. a subpar product. Is it product. not standard to pay for online there? Or I don't know, maybe it's like our PSN and just Xbox Live not popular in Japan. I, I don't know. I, that's a real scoop, Jim, Damon. Are you sure about that? No, they... It's, They're not doing it in Japan? I'm pretty sure. It's not one of the services. In their but little fact... you think they'll get the services? In their little fact, it's like one of the questions was, it, will it be available worldwide? And it says, it will uh, begin in these in these territories. I wonder... Japan wasn't one of them. Now, like, that's my immediate follow-up question is, does PS Plus and PSN cost money in Japan? Yeah. Because, like, maybe there's some cultural thing where it's just way less common there. Well, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Well, in any case, the online service uh, arrives for us this September, and uh, we're just about a month away from E3, so I would expect more details about that time. Please be excited. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Javier did. Mm. Javier said, hey, Omega Cops, I've been listening to the show for four years. It has become one of my favorites out of the nine podcasts I listen to. We made the top nine. We're the ring wraith. We're the ring one of wraith. The, yeah. one of but the is, ring it, is it, he said one of. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying we're in his top nine. We're the witch king of Angmar. <laughs> but we, do call, you think, we call, if he listens we call. We call witch king. If we listen to nine podcasts, are we in like the top three? Well, we made the top nine. Okay. Let's, That's let's, all we know. Let's right. just do really good on this show and maybe, maybe we'll, we'll <laughs> make the top eight. Yeah. Javier's power rankings. Uh, all right. On last week's episode and many episodes in the past, you guys talk about video game preservation a lot as well as playing old games. Do you guys actually play old games today, and why is video game preservation so important? I never understood the passion many people have towards old games, or especially Nintendo's virtual console. There's so much coming out in the future, I don't see any reason to go back. I know I'm in the minority when it comes to this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay, first of all, all, three out of four people here just played a Nintendo 64 game 26 minutes ago. (laughs) Can you guess which three? (laughs) It wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. We just played Hey You Pikachu together. Yeah, and it was fun. Pikachu ignored us. Yeah. Javier is not even, he's already turned off the show after the last discussion. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, no. Yeah, we don't, we don't know that was the last him. thing we did before we came in here. Javier's not interested in playing old games. Yeah. Uh, first, to answer his question, do you guys actually play old games today? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah. I spent Sunday afternoon playing an NES game that was released in Japan and Europe, but not here, called Over Horizon. Ooh. And it's a very competent Gradius clone. It's an NES Sunday. game. A scoop just, gem. If, it, if it doesn't interest you that an NES game that's pretty good didn't come out in the United States and you can play it now, then, yeah, that's just not your thing. That's fascinating to me. I think that's, like, historically interesting. It makes me, like, out of a collector mentality, it makes me think, like, well, I've never, how have I never played that game? Like, I want that, that, that knowledge and that history. My, my interest in the preservation of data doesn't just extend to video games, although video games are particularly, you know, complicated and complex case because, you know, sometimes you need specialized hardware and sometimes the software, you know, like things on floppy disk, it's hard to even find something to read them anymore. Um, but there's old episodes of, uh, like, Doctor Who, for example, 
example, that are just gone. Mm-hmm. Like they, 50 of them. They do not exist. It's one of the most popular shows on earth. And those episodes, there's no tape. BBC destroyed the tape. And then sometimes, yeah, they reuse the tape in some instances. And <laughs> they then they'll yeah. find like <laughs> there'll be happen. some subsidiary, some BBC subsidiary yeah, like Africa, in like yeah. in South Africa found episodes that were thought to be lost for all time. And they're like archives. In but not basement. all of them. <laughs> yeah. And there's old, like, that's a little bit of a funny, I mean, funny, not funny example, but like the more serious example is like some of the most classic silent films of all time are just gone because yeah. no one thought to like preserve that film at mm-hmm. that time. And like, that's an, that's a part of history that's just gone forever. And that's, you know, one medium that's played in one way that doesn't have anywhere near the complexities or uh, complications that, you know, video games do. And so people are sounding that alarm now because we don't have to make that mistake. Like mm-hmm. in another 20 years, if it might be really, really hard to get your hands on some of the old PC games and preserve them. But if we start thinking about it now, which we are, thanks to the work of people like Frank Sfaldi and others, um, you know, then then this doesn't need to be a concern. Hmm. Yeah, I would say uh, video game preservation is as important as any sort of art form. Uh, you know, preservation. Is it important to preserve medieval paintings? I mean, if you'd say yes, it's not that much of a stretch to think, yeah, we should also uh, imp- preserve this much more recent art form that's mm-hmm. surfaced in yeah. m- much more recent decades. Zelda BS on the Satella View. Zelda BS? Yeah. What's BS? It's Zelda BS. It's the Satella View Zelda. Is that true? Yeah, it's a downloadable Zelda on the Super Nintendo only in Japan. <laughs> what does the BS? Stand you'll for? never play. What does the BS stand for? Something. Uh, something. Yeah, something's a tell of you. Um, and that had live. It was played live. It was, dude. That was a uh, trivia HQ, yeah, like thirty totally years was, ahead yeah. of its time, because you had to yeah. you had to play at like five p.m. every day, and then there was a timer. Yeah, I was just com- comparing that to the great lost plays of Sophocles. Mm. So, you know. <laughs> all right. Well, he um, wrote Oedipus and then uh, Oedipus Rex and then uh, Antigone, right? And like everybody reviewed all his other plays and they said they're the greatest plays ever, but we don't have any of them. We only have three of them. But everybody knew he wrote more. Wow. That so that's cool. what Zelda's going to be like from now on. There's a there's a weird example where I come from a mobile games background. That was my first mm-hmm. paying mm-hmm. job in this industry. And there's old flip phone games. Like John oh, yeah. Romero had a stint. He's one of the greatest game developers of all time, game designers. And he had a stint making old mobile flip phone games that they weren't particularly good or notable. They were like, you know, just block matching like games. Snake. But they're but they're gone. Like you can't download and play those like old Java games anymore. And there's other game developers that you know have this era of work that you wouldn't think in the modern era that stuff's just gone. But it is. It disappears if someone doesn't make a deliberate effort to put yes, so, from work when you leave. This is so. I heard that Flash, like Adobe Flash Player, isn't mm-hmm. going to be a thing anymore in the future. Think about so all the hundreds of Flash yeah. games mm-hmm. that we're not going to be able to play anymore. Right? Well, I, well I mean, it just not unless, work unless there's a solution. Yeah. If your browser eventually just completely yes is the short answer, yeah. they will not work. That's crazy. Oh, yep. Right. Yeah, you can make a flash emulator and you can Man. download the SWF files and have an offline copy of them in many instances. But there's organizations dedicated to the preservation of games, including the one that we already mentioned that uh, Frank Sfaldi works for, but also uh, the Internet Archive. They're like actively archiving not only the Internet. Tons of documents that they scan all the time. CD-ROMs, those AOL mailing <laughs> discs, like they're doing that. Yeah. And yeah. yes, it seems excessive, and we're all joking about it and stuff like that. But then there's like really big, major games that you won't be able to play because they, as we always say, use a Wii controller. So well, and the, it feels weird, right? Yeah. Isn't there? I don't know if this is a pocket full or true, but what's the game? I think it's Donkey Kong. Nintendo doesn't have the original code for the arcade Donkey Kong. Or, is yeah, that that's right, the Sam? assumption. 
But the, the, the issue with that is that Nintendo didn't program Donkey Kong. Shigeru Miyamoto designed it, and then they used a third party to, mm. to program it. Oh, that's right, because that's why we always get the NES version. Yeah. Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah, they that's they right. keep so bringing the, back the, the NES actually, version, but make, not That's all assumptions still. They're just like, because we never get the arcade version, ever. We never get the arcade version. But they version still manufacture... Uh, versions of the arcade cabinet, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there was like a three-in-one arcade cabinet that Namco put out. Yeah. Namco. So where's that code coming from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's been cases of uh, games, um, I don't want to call out any specific example because I don't know, but there's been games that have been, you know, re-released on virtual consoles and eShops and, you know, PSN and stuff that were... People have downloaded them and unpacked like the ROM headers and stuff, and they were emulated. You know, they were pirated copies. Oh, they found somebody else. Oh, wow! Did some fixes so, so companies are yeah. are reselling you know pirated ROMs back to users, probably because you know the they intern required them. to like upload the game file didn't have the source. Isn't code. that funny? <laughs> That's good. As for as for playing old games today. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of it's nostalgia, mm-hmm. wanting to revisit your childhood. Like playing an NES game for me is a fast track to. Ten-year-old Damon and uh, mm-hmm. triggers all sorts of warm, fuzzy feelings uh, in my in my brain. But I, I think also if you're just passionate about a hobby like gaming, it's perfectly common to want to like explore its roots. Just yeah. like if you're a big movie buff, you probably you know love watching the old, the whole Criterion Collection. That's exactly it. Old Japanese samurai films and just yeah. exploring you know. A lot of times I I go back and play older games because I don't really have a modern substitute. Like yeah. I go back and play. Mario Party on the GameCube mm-hmm. because we prefer the controls over the Wii version and sure. we just don't like the Wii U version. So we yeah. just boot up the game uh, GameCube. Same thing with Pokemon Stadium. They never brought back Pokemon minigames in Pokemon Coliseum and they haven't had another one come out. So we go back to the 64 version. Yeah. And uh, things like that. Yeah. There's also like whole like genres that come and go. Like the turn-based strategy games aren't super popular these days. So if you want to play something like Final Fantasy Tactics... Your options today are pretty limited. Or uh, top-down shmups. Divinity Original Sin. Yeah, well, that's a great <laughs> computer RPG. Yeah, for but sure. shmups that you play old ones. Shmups, which I love, yeah. They, like, hardly anybody makes those anymore. Mm-hmm. Text Adventures. Sure. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Those basically just don't exist. The ones where you have well, to type in yeah. your response of what to do. They've had a little bit of a resurgence, um, but the, yeah, it's tricky. In, on interactive mobile, fiction. Interactive fiction, interactive fiction there's exactly. mobile, yeah. But you're not like typing in, you're like experimenting, yeah. like pick up X. Yeah, the last time I, I played one of those was uh, a student made it for a class that I was in. Mm-hmm. It's the last time I played one of those. Yeah. Huh. The older Jared I get, made like, one for IGN. That's cool. Not that I'm such an old man, but the older I get, like the time frame that things happen trips me up. Like my daughter is four, and I'm doing the math of like by the time she's old enough to watch, like I really love Fellowship of the Ring, right? Like that movie to her is the equivalent of a movie that came out in 1970 to me, and like there is almost nothing from that long ago that I care about. And then I think about something that's even older, like I don't know, like uh, like Ghostbusters, for example. That's like a 1950s movie <laughs> is to me. Oh wow! Pretty good. Like so, kids that are like you know running around talking, not just like babies, but like even older kids. Like my wife teaches fourth grade, and like her students, um, the degree that they're removed from the stuff that I care about is um, it really trips me up sometimes. Yeah, but when I was a kid. I loved the 1955 original Godzilla. Mm. It's in black and white, and like that still captured my imagination. Yeah. So you know, it's not a, not a completely like it's not like they're totally shut off to everything that came before. Whatever, Dad. I don't <laughs> care about Ghostbusters. <laughs> there was weird like 50s nostalgia when I was Just a little kid Jake that Paul. I didn't understand. Like Stand by Me. 
And, There's a whole uh, TV. Happy Days is all about that, right? Back to the Future. Yeah, American Graffiti. Yeah, all that stuff. And those are even the '70s, and but in the, and it continued to the '80s. So I think there'll always be, there. Are, and right now we have Ready Player One, so it's like there's always going to be these nostalgia and like throwbacks. The depiction of the 1950s and Back to the Future. Um, now the '80s are farther away from us now than the '50s were when Back to the Future came out. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Attention, dudes. Unfortunately, most men will experience hair loss by age 35. By the time you notice, it's usually too late. A preemptive strike is required, and that is where 4hims.com comes in. 4hims.com is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and men's health that connects you with real doctors for medical-grade solutions for problems that can be embarrassing to handle in person. There's no waiting room, no doctor visits, but these are prescription solutions backed by actual science. You visit 4hims.com, answer a few questions, a real doctor will review and can prescribe accordingly, and products are shipped directly to your door. While supplies last, GameScoop listeners can get a trial month for just $5 when they go to 4hims.com slash GameScoop. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash GameScoop. And now, back to the show. This is Angelo in Pittsburgh. He says, what's up, Omega Cops? I'm a huge fan of the podcast. This month, Beyond Two Souls is free for PS Plus members. It got me thinking about how cool QuickTime events are. It provides a great dynamic to gameplay by keeping you on your toes. For example, a cutscene comes on, and you're thinking, I can put my controller down and relax, when all of a sudden, bam, you have buttons to press. <laughs> With Detroit Become Human releasing this year, I wanted to get your opinions on this subject. Do we like QuickTime events as much as Angelo in Pittsburgh does? I think he's a big fan. It was like a Sony marketing director <laughs> from 2007. The first yeah. time I encountered a QuickTime event was, I think, Resident Evil 4, yeah. when that yeah. giant fish came out of the water. Yeah. And it just destroyed me because I had no idea that was a thing. <laughs> and when we, I remember our friends would start uh, warning each other. It's like, hey, don't put your controller down. Stuff is still going to happen. Mm. And that was so alien to us. And mm. it's become a lot more common. Like, even... um. Like, uh, there were some QuickTime events in God of War. Yeah, recently. for sure. Yeah. That series is famous for QuickTime events. Yeah. Like, it, mm-hmm. they got so much of the boss fights were QuickTime events mm-hmm. in older games. So I thought it was kind of retro yeah. when it came out in God of War it, recently. It keeps it, like, um, oh, yeah, cool. it keeps it very cinematic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. IGN, when, before I worked here, like, right when I, right before I started working here as a freelancer, I remember, like, people really didn't like QuickTime events. Yes, yeah, they are very maligned. So Did you ever take a stance on them? I think uh, the term was popularized with Shinmu, right? Yeah. Yusuzuki ah, was using really? it to describe the mechanics of Shinmu. Like cool. that was like I the selling that. point. We have invented QuickTime events. Yeah. There so was, you can watch this man, game there was one game. The entire game was QuickTime events. Uh, As- Asura's. Yeah, Asura's. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was what, Capcom. Yeah. I think that's what people have figured out in the years since. Is that when they're the main course, you know, no bueno. But when they're just like the seasoning on top of like you know actual competent gameplay, then mm-hmm. they help to sort of spice up the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I always they always trip me up in like uh, like Tomb Raider for example. Um, you'd think I'd learn, but I put the controller down. Then Mara's <laughs> got spike through her neck inevitably. Oh, no. Like oh, I didn't get I didn't get in, the controller uh, picked Metal up. Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker for PSP. There was a quick time event that was so hard that uh, we got just constant emails about how hard it was and how hard it was to get past. It, it was a button mashing one. Yeah, there was and the like, torture event in uh, mm. the first Metal Gear Solid two. Oh really? That was button mashing. So yeah, uh, probably a, I think it was a torture scene actually. 
And like, I remember people like writing in and like, I actually had to write out like, here's how you press a button quickly. Put your um, controller down and yeah, mash exactly. it with your index finger. And but it was really hard. And like, feather it. it was non- the rest of the game's hard, but in an interesting way, but that was nonsense. So yeah. I can see why people get mad at that yeah. kind of thing. I think from like a design, from a game design point of view, QuickTime events allow the developer to uh, enable you to do something that that isn't possible within the basic mechanics of the game, mm-hmm. right? Something like like the like the kills in in God of War, yeah, big cinematic. You don't have controls to do that on, on a normal basis. Why not just show you a cutscene? The knife fight at the mm-hmm. end of uh, Resident Evil Four, five, four, five, four. Which one is it? No one knows. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember a knife fight. Yeah, yeah, it's at the end of one of them. But I think maybe then uh, a complaint would be that it sort of interrupts the flow. It, it even though it, it's trying to create a more cinematic experience, it could also break immersion because now you yeah. you don't have the same control over the game that you've had this whole time. Or you break immersion because you fail in it and you see yeah. the same like eye gouge death over and over again. Oh. Like, yeah. All you're right, also, you're also missing the cutscene, right? Like you're missing the storytelling because yeah, you're, you're trying. Yeah, well, that is that too. Yeah. I think developers also use it as a way to get you to do a very specific thing that they want you to do. I did. So they close out all other options. You don't have any other option to, but to perform this QuickTime event. I do like David Cage games. I really liked Heavy Rain, and I actually really like Beyond Two Souls, which I think was less commonly well-received. And, yeah. You know, it's a game built on the whole thing is QuickTime events. Um, I think it totally works, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, I liked, I liked Indigo Prophecy a lot. Yeah, I liked that game back in the day, too. Sam, can you think of a game before... Shinmu, that was all quick time events. That was all quick time events? Yeah. Uh Dragon's Lair. Dragon's Lair. Whoa. <laughs> I <laughs> you did it. I don't know what yeah. that is. So. Uh laser disc based 80s arcade game. Cartoon the playable cartoon. You've probably seen it somewhere. It's very wait, has, it's very famous visual. It's all hand drawn okay. okay, no, Disney like looking yes. animation. I do know what that is. <clears throat> Just kidding. Uh but apparently I didn't I didn't realize this, but there's a hilariously bad example of a quick time event in Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Where you attend the funeral of oh, a yeah. friend. Oh, yeah, press X to pay respects. You press to mourn. You, you have to press right. a button to mourn. What? No. <laughs> I had never heard so of that. So, what happens before. if you don't mourn correctly? Yeah. Do people just look at you funny uh, yeah. and you get embarrassed Fatality. and leave? <laughs> you die of embarrassment. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right, this is James Harvey in Wales, UK. Wait, wait, one more thing. Yep. Real quick. Yep. In God of War. There are quick time events that you learn how to do and then you have to do a few times and they involve dodging punches or blocking punches. And I don't think you can die in those. So like I, I was not getting it right and I had a good five minute segment <laughs> of just getting pummeled in a quick time event. And it, it was it so silly. Oh, I, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, uh, and then you like yeah. try to dodge. It's like, uh, uh, oh, where you do the left uh, and so right. Until dodge. you do it correctly, does it just keep you in that sequence? Because yeah. I had the same thing. Yeah, I just goes on. Oh yeah, that's why I was like, why die. is this taking so long? I just yeah. keep getting punched. Oh wait. Yeah. And then like I, uh, we might need to make like a 15 minute video of that. That's pretty good. Just yeah. Kratos uh, getting punched. Uh, 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 15 uh, minutes. Do one of those like 10 hour YouTube videos. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe there's like an Easter egg in there. Eventually he's like, Street Fighter death scene. Yep.
All right, James Harvey in Wales, UK says, "Longtime listener, thank you to the whole team for keeping me company during miles and miles of marathon training." Wow! I recently got my Dreamcast back online after an 18-year hiatus, and I've been enjoying many hours of Fantasy Star Online, Quake Three Arena, and Monaco GP online again with the community, much as I did all those years ago. Can you do that? How do you Appar- get your I, Dreamcast? That's news to me. What was his name? James. Right back. That's uh, news to me. Explain more. He's gotten his Dreamcast online. The Dreamcast gave me my first ever online gaming experience as I was never a PC gamer, and I remember loving the fact I could play against other real people. It instantly made me enjoy the competitive nature of my games. My question to you and the team, what was the first game you played online, and what was your experience like? Mine was StarCraft. StarCraft, yeah. StarCraft, Battle.net. Let's see how, I think maybe, I want to say earlier, because I think I was a little bit younger than that, but maybe not. Um, And you were playing... Uh, PvP online? Yeah, playing, uh, I think it was called Big Game Hunters was the only map that anybody played. <laughs> that's that's much earlier than me. I don't think I've really played a game online until the Xbox 360 and uh, Rainbow Six Vegas, mm. playing like online co-op terrorist hunt with other people from IGN. And that would be like 2007. I still haven't played a game online. What was yours? Never. Wait, wait. There's, come on. <laughs> I don't remember what my earliest was. It was I, I remember enjoying the Halo 3 beta a lot. That'd be 2007. Right? Yeah, that's pretty early. Same, same year as me, yeah. But there was like dial-up stuff with Doom. I just don't think I played it. Yeah, I don't think I remember did. that. Yeah, yeah, you could I totally do that. Deathmatch. Did you play that? No, I didn't ever have Doom growing up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you remember are we Halo talking about? 3? So I played browser games really early. Yeah. Like I played Neopets online. I played yeah, Gunbound. Yeah, that's true. Does that count? Then, Dude, Gunbound. Yeah. Is, is Gunbound still around? I don't know. I haven't checked, but I love Gunbound. Wow, that takes me back. Got those costumes. Got to get those powers. I always played as the little slug. <laughs> There's a little slug that was that was my character. I played <laughs> as the super accurate like mage yeah. gun gunner. I don't know. Were, like were they like, was fun. it a multiplayer game? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Gunbound was Worms. It was an oh. online version of Worms. Okay, yeah, I think I'm. I think I know which game you're. Wow, you totally just like that was a game that I spent like you know I don't know 100 hours with. Yeah, I just forgot. It was just so much. Yeah, I would be I would Mm -hmm. be on the phone with someone, one of my friends in real life that I was Mm. playing with, and then we would just get matched up with random. Was you don't know Jack an online game? I I think think it started out as like only to begin with. Really? Yeah. But um, I think so. Yeah. But the first like real game that I put a lot of hours in. I played Halo 2 a little bit, but really Monster Hunter was my first like online experience. Oh, so like which one would that be? Just uh, the first for the PS2 2004. PS2, okay, and it was yeah. online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Can't it was believe. actually a great experience. Yeah. Everything was super nice. They were it's, really great. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> to think about time. playing online games on your PS2. I know that obviously they had the modem for it. It's just mm-hmm. yep. SOCOM. I think was like the big like game they tried to push that way. Yeah, I guess maybe that's why I was a little bit earlier too, is just because we had a, I wasn't a heavy like PC gamer, but we had a PC, you know, that had a 56K modem and I did some gaming on there. And yeah, so I got into it. Like if I was a console only gamer, then you're sort of set back another yeah, five or so true. years. Does Napster count? That was fun. It <laughs> <laughs> was a good Nap- summer. Kazaa. Napster was amazing. Yeah, Kazaa, LimeWire. Uh, and one more email this week. This is Zach Zito from Pennsylvania. Hello, Scoopers. Love the show. I would love to hear what your pitch for your perfect game would be. Mine is GTA in the world of Back to the Future, 2015, 1985, and 1955, bouncing uh, back and forth. That's great. Ocarina style. That's mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good idea. That's, what a coincidence. You guys have the same yeah. perfect game. I call it. I like the one Justin told me before the show. Oh, I didn't make that. That's from an old EGM. I think maybe that's why it popped into my head because <laughs> I saw that EGM there. He said, firefighter, fighter, where you are the fire creator mm-hmm. fighting the firefighters. You're the pyromaniac yeah. trying to burn the firefighters. That was an old, uh, I think that was in an old EGM. 
or game pro or something like that. Do you have a real one? I'm gonna have to punt. Like I need to think about it. Does Casey have one? Super Metroid. I don't know what to like. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have like a game Uh, line that you you would pitch someone? So yeah. So you're a person and you're friends with a dragon. Cool. But it's still an action RPG, so you can still battle on yourself. But you also have a dragon friend, and then you can play co-op and fight really big monsters. Are you describing Scalebound? I'm (laughs) describing Scalebound. I'm really upset that game got canceled. But Scalebound with larger variety of monsters that you could raise and customize, but then also have that action RPG. So basically like Monster Hunter, but also Monster Hunter stories in the same game, mm. but with the gameplay of Monster Hunter. With that sounds like a very Casey game. Action <laughs> RPG, that's what I want. <laughs> I uh, That's also co-op. That sounds really good actually. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'd play that. I wanted to make uh, like a multiplayer MMOE tower defense game once. MMO tower defense where um, like there'd be different character classes, right? So like one class would focus on building and would be able to do that more effectively and better. But then one class focuses on like, you know, damage dealing and mm-hmm. can do that a little bit better. And so you would have to like, you would have to like basically like if you play an MMO, you have to have like a healer and a tank and some damage dealers to like go into a dungeon. Like you would need to roll in with a crew to like defeat the tower defense stages. Yeah. Like a co-op tower defense game. Yeah, That sounds cool. Yeah. I like tower defense games a lot. Yeah, me too. Sam, do you have a perfect game? Uh, so Breath of the Wild is pretty much as close as you can get to one that I describe as like what I'd want to play forever. Yeah, I'm going to explore. That's a, I really like exploration, but there's a um, passage in Ender's Game, uh, the Orson Scott card book. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan of that author anymore, but uh, I do like this video game that's in that book in which the lead character is kind of playing an adventure game, and you're in the game. You're like in this world, and uh, as you... St- as you probe the corners of the world and then explore, like crazy things happen. He eventually kills a giant and like digs into the giant's eyeball. And then on the other Gross. side, there's like this like castle and a giant forest. And, and it is, it is very breath of the wild in that there's no limit to what you can do. Um, it, it's just very, you know, it, and, and it kind of represents like who you are as a person and what you do. And it's just a big open exploration game. That really captured really my attention really cool. as a kid yeah. too. Um, I think if you were a gamer as a kid and you read that, you were probably like, ooh. And <laughs> yeah. I think I think if I remember right, part of it was you weren't supposed to be able to kill the giant. Mm. And so when you did, the game was like, just like the game was like <laughs> making it up as it yeah. went along, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And then it ends up being tied to the, 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 the plot a little bit. And I won't spoil it, but uh, there's uh, an element of AI to it. And I really, you know, like the idea of games getting to the point where when you're playing with a like a, a procedurally generated game, yeah, a procedurally generated game, uh, you know, maybe by a computer that just gets smarter and more weird or whatever, it'd be really cool. Yeah. But big really open cool. world. I love looking at a castle in the distance and saying, I'm going to go to that and see yeah. what's in there. That's, That's the, my favorite thing to do in a game. The dream, right, is like if there's a spaceship, you know, you get in it and fly off, but if someone else doesn't, then mm-hmm. they just, they're they're not playing a space game. They're playing a different game. Yeah. Like, I like No Man's Sky for that reason, too. I know a lot yeah, of that's people. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking of, but just better progression, mm-hmm. more varied stuff or, to do. Yeah, and like some respects, like I want to play a game where the progression isn't valued as much. Maybe like mm-hmm. just beauty is and like just mm-hmm. looking and exploring and for the sake of exploring would be really cool. Korok seeds. There'd be so many of them. <laughs> There'd be so many. I mean, I thought I thought No Man's Sky was pretty fun in that regard. Mm-hmm. And you're just exploring and finding cool animals and seeing if they'd attack me or not, and then yep. trying <laughs> to make friends with them. And ultimately, <laughs> it was just too repetitive. Yeah. So, like a lot of people say, it was repetitive in its gameplay, and that's true. But like, it was also repetitive in its style and its aesthetic. And like, if you're really exploring universe, mm-hmm. we need to get to the point where we can really generate randomness and yeah. make it really crazy and cool. Uh, I think I've shared this idea on Gamescoop before, but I've always wanted to play a Fallout-style RPG set in feudal Japan 
where you're a wandering Ronin. It's like wandering the countryside, taking yeah. on quests. Uh, the whole game would be in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Do you I think um, what the what's the uh, Japanese open world game that's coming out is going to be like that? Uh, Ghosts, Ghosts of Tsushima. Of Tsushima. Oh, yeah. We know that that's open world. Well, whatever. Anyway, well, they've, well, made, just they've made, made open, open world. world yeah, uh, in the past. that's a good yeah. point. So, like, that could you be, think that could? Approach? I mean, I think they mo- they make more like action open world games. Like, gotcha. um, like and you Infamous, want you want exploration. Exploration in like uh, you know RPG stories, yeah, though. just like in Fallout. With like yeah, and I love the idea of choices. How like Fallout like mines every good sci-fi thing for its stories. So yeah. it, all the stories are really good, even though they're all knockoffs. <laughs> uh, but you could do that's a genre which hasn't been mined yeah. for knockoff yeah, exactly. stuff. So very, like you could totally do that. Yeah, very few games. We should not release this and probably just make these games. <laughs> it's gonna be a let's just cancel this episode. We are in May, which means it's time to visit our retro gaming rack. And uh, I have the May 1999 issue of EGM. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's on the cover? Well, I know Dreamcast is on the back cover. Dreamcast is on the back. What would have been on the cover of EGM? May 1999. May of 1999. I mean, that's definitely a Dreamcast logo, isn't it? Uh, this, Yeah, but this is the back. Oh, just kidding. What's on the cover? Maybe Tony Hawk something? Nope. Uh, Power Stone. I, I can know. see it. So Power Stone is inside. Power Stone is inside the so issue. So is it just Sonic Dreamcast? What was the biggest thing in the world in May of 1999? Oh, one. Star Wars Episode One. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> was on the cover. Ziff uh, Davis. Uh, of this issue. Remember what what a, what an innocent time that was before Star Wars was ruined Man. for us. This was I, I had this issue. This is my era, Damon. Oh, really? this, yeah. good, look That's how cool the cover looks. Uh, yeah, it's a really good. Like, art. Honestly, like yeah. that looks yeah. like old Star Wars stuff. It just has. Yeah, um, baby Anakin, and it is also a Dreamcast uh, ad on the back. So the Dreamcast was only four months away from being released. It's on the cover, four months away from being released. <laughs> no, the here. other side, it just says I. Uh, it's just an I. Uh, the Dreamcast logo, and it says Sega.com. And then this is the a really gorgeous cover. Yeah, it's yeah. really good looking. Got Welcome, even and I don't think I've seen that art that way. I've seen a lot of Episode One art. Yeah. So is it for Pod Racer? Yeah, well, there's Episode One, The Phantom Menace. And then there's also Pod Race. Oh, it says the video game, so it's yeah. about all of them. It's I don't remember the yeah. Phantom Menace. So there's like Menace. a video game spread about Phantom Menace. Yes, there's a whole spread about the games based on mm-hmm. this. Because there was like just a regular PS1 Phantom Menace game. This adventure, action adventure game. Yeah. Yeah, I recall that movie. one. Yeah. Uh, but now this part's confusing. In the departments, uh, there's a whole segment here called something called previews. What, what, do you have any idea what that would be? All right, Damon. <laughs> so Damon's been getting after me because I say that the general public, that's not you, Game Scoop listeners, you know what this is, don't understand what a video game preview is and would never actually look into what it is. Yeah. Because they don't exist for books, they don't exist for movies, and they don't exist for anything else. They do have but movies, yeah, games, movie yeah. previews. They well, have in front, in front of every. <laughs> we put them in front of things and people, it's better not to. I'll just go sure. and say that. Uh, so it was May of 1999. Uh, they're starting to get uh, reveals of the PlayStation 2 back then. So they have a big uh, spread on the PlayStation 2. It says March 2nd, 1999. We'll go down in history as one of the most significant days in the history of video gaming. As the day Sony <laughs> Computer Entertainment announced the technical specifications of the next generation PlayStation. Do they make any sense? Wow. Uh, uh, following fears are numbers of millions of flat-shaded polygons each system is capable of rendering. PlayStation 2 can do 75 million graphics synthesizer. Uh, I like their little bar chart of like <laughs> PS1 power and the PS2 power. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> like, but then uh, remember, uh, anybody remember the ballroom dancing sequence in Final Fantasy VIII? Yeah, they had the FMV, oh. but then on the PS2 they had it running in real time. Yeah, that was one of their big showcases of the power of the PlayStation 2 is they were running that FMV sequence in real Games time. Games will actually look like That's the cinematics. Like when, what was it? It was Spider-Man the movie. They ran a cutscene on the PlayStation 3. Remember that? 
No, it was Sony's shtick for a while there. And then they're talking about what developers are working on games for uh, PlayStation 2, and they, they mentioned From Software as the developers of the Kingsfield series of games also showed off what they could do with the system. Kingsfield? Yeah. And Never heard of it. It's just hilarious because now we know it's From, from yeah, Software. Is for so many different things. Bloodborne and, and, and Lost Kingdoms. Dark Souls. Dark Souls, yeah. Back then, they were the <laughs> yeah. developers 3D game heroes. of the Kingsfield series. Kingsfield. Yeah. Huh. There's a profile on Factor 5. That's oh, cool. Rip. Yeah. Mm. Are they not around anymore? Nope. That's Local cool. company. Yeah. Uh, well, so like the uh, Rogue Squadron guys, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Rogue Squadron up through layer. Oh, that's right. They did layer. That's right. And then I like this uh, in the... Um, that's a sketchy ad. This is the international... <laughs> that's a Cherry Coke ad. <laughs> there's an international gaming news, and there's a news about ex-Iguana founder and president Jeff Spangenberg recently revealed his future plans, a new studio based in Austin, Texas, Retro Studios. Retro Studios. Yeah, that's great. The design philosophy of the new team is to produce new titles that apply a retro philosophy to gameplay. It would appear the new team has developed close ties with Nintendo, and early indications suggest that Nintendo's intentions for retro are to effectively become the U.S. equivalent of Rare. Projects will be funded by Nintendo, but then allowed to develop at their own pace until they are finished. Most interestingly, we are aware that Retro will not be working on any projects for existing Nintendo systems, making this one of the first indication, indications that Nintendo's next-generation system strategy is up and running. So their first game would have been Metroid Prime. Yeah. 2001. So, Nailed it. Yeah. Wow. Three years later, they would release their first game as Metroid Prime. 2002. Am I wrong about that? Pretty cool. Let's jump ahead to page 44. And there's a rumor about, <laughs> so like I said, Dreamcast is on the back. Dreamcast is four months away. And listen to this rumor in Quarterman's uh, gaming gossip and speculation. The rumor is Sega is completely fucked. Whoa. Yeah. It uses the F word? Well, they, they bleep it out just like we did. Okay. Uh, the truth is not necessarily. The Q has spent the last week or so leading up to this issue of EGM going to print, speaking to game developers, publishers, and industry analysts and other journalists. And the general consensus of opinion from everyone is that yes, Sega is fucked, but only if they don't do something very clever and soon. So they had they weren't they weren't really bullish on. Maybe the, they're uh, just saying they, failed. They did a lot of interesting stuff for Dreamcast. Like they yeah. had uh, the controller you could take with you. Like the you VMU. could, uh, yeah, you could put the chow. The VMU. There was no uh, there was no EA, so it didn't matter. Mm. No EA on the on yeah. the console. No EA support. So yeah. no Madden stuff, yeah. which is huge at the time. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII had just been released in Japan. In a, pre in a preview here, a preview, they call it God's Gift to Gamers. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, so they felt pretty that's strongly. A, that was back when Final Fantasy was like the biggest thing on earth. Final Fantasy yeah. VII. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On page 91, uh, there's an ad for the Family Values Tour, 98, featuring Korn, Rammstein, Ice Cube, Limp Biscuit, and Orgy. Okay. Wait, okay. family. Wait, okay, it's a joke. I get it now. Yeah, they call it. They call it the family values. For, that's for, just like for ninety nine. That would have been a pretty baller. Yeah, like, yeah. To be honest, that's just, that's quite a window. Rammstein, huh? Quite a window into late nineties. And on page one hundred four is a, a preview for Game Boy Color for Conker's Pocket Tales. Oh, cool! And this is before Conker's Bad Fur Day was out yeah. on Nintendo sixty four. It says while you continue to wait for Rare's oft delayed Twelve Tales Conker sixty four, you may want to check out their upcoming GB Color action RPG Conker's Pocket Tales, similar in style and structure to Zelda Link's Awakening. Pocket Tales offers more than twenty hours of gameplay, or so they say. Did Pocket Tales come out? I don't know if it ever actually. I came think out. it. I yeah, think it did. It's just not a tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, there's it's a like family-friendly, really you know, cutesy conquer that was you know too far along, and I think actually did release. Yeah, I kind of want to play that now. Uh, and then once again, the final word uh, from Dan Shu, the editor, is all about seven different ways 
uh, Sega can make the Dreamcast launch a success. Hmm. Was it Shenmue 1 through 7? <laughs> Shenmue 1 through 7. No, oh, no, it's just stuff like don't shove uh, the... Uh, don't shove all the Dreamcast goodness down our throats at lunchtime. Spread out the killer apps a little. No, that's what? part of this advice. That's, a, that's bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's interesting that uh, there wasn't a lot of excitement around the launch of Dreamcast. Yep. There was trepidation. I, was, I, didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't realize Well, that. the Saturn was I such a flop. Ahead. You know, and the 32X was such a flop. Like, yeah. in that era, it was, like, it was seen as, like, Sega's kind of last gasp, but and it didn't feel like they were going over well enough. The Dreamcast was kind of ahead of its time. For sure. Like, I, yeah. I, the graphics were better than what you could get for the PS1. Mm-hmm. It was better. like the Wii yeah, U. But then it came out like one step yeah. before the next Then the PS2 yeah. was only a year later. Ah, uh, okay. So I guess it would, mm. it would be more like Wii U, maybe, and then leading yeah. into like PS4. But it was really powerful. It's just it was, like yeah. you got trounced and by it, third parties. Obviously still a beloved system today. Two years after this is when I started writing for video game fan sites. There you go. 16. And that brings us to Video Game 20 Questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Camille in Staten Island, New York City. Let the questioning begin. All right. Uh, do you play as a human? Yes. Can you choose your gender? Yes. <laughs> Justin's so excited. Well, that's, like, guess? <laughs> that's such a mind-blowing question. That's really cl- it's clever. Mm. Uh, is this an RPG? Uh, it's it's in when it's in that family, maybe not a straight RPG, but it's in that family. Is it part of a series? Um, yeah, yes, I think you would say this is part of a series. Sounds you like Fallout Shelter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it a? Hmm. I'm still thinking. If Do, someone has is it. there multiplayer? There is multiplayer. Okay. Multiplayer. Pick your character. Kind of part of a series. Sounds like RPG ish. Is this a is this a brawler? Like, can you give me an example? Give me a few examples is of brawlers. Castle Crashers. No. Uh, was it available for the GameCube? No. Okay. I was thinking of a game. It's not that game. <laughs> Still mind blown by the character select feature. I was thinking about Gauntlet. Mm, that's a really good one, like a co-op. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, is this from the uh, last generation of consoles? Yes. So that would be Xbox 360, PS3, Wii U. Or Wii, yeah. Yeah, Nintendo's always occupies a fuzzy space in yeah, there. Yeah, it's weird. Um, was this made in Japan? Yes. So that's pretty weird for a choosable character part of a series yeah lost planet three could be dark souls could be dark souls can you choose um it has a little bit of multiplayer in it but why would that be confusing whether it was part of a series Good point it's not mm-hmm. bloodborne that's not that's this gen that's this gen yeah. okay. good point um so maybe it has a sequel coming out too or was something it, was it on nintendo consoles no that's 10 Let's see. Does it? Should we ask about art style? Was it on? Was it on Microsoft consoles? No. So it's a Sony exclusive or, or, PC. or PC. Well, yeah, but it was made in Japan. PC uh, gaming's yeah. not crazy big over there, so. Mm-hmm. Or it isn't told. Yeah, it's only recently really picked up. Um, it's a PS3 game with multiplayer RPG, RPG elements. 
Poor girl. Is it like fantasy themed? Yes. So it's Dragon's Dogma or like one of those? It could. Oh, there was there real multiplayer in Dragon's Dogma though? I don't and know that game I don't at know all. if it was really a series. Like, came had that one Dragon's Dogma too. had that uh, remake. Had that uh, like whatever they called it, the 1.5 version, right? Yeah. Did I make that up? Oh, I, I think no, so. it was like no, uh, it's Dragon's Dogma Dark twice. Arisen. Yeah. But I, th I thought it was just like a really big exp expansion. It might yeah. be. No one knows. But I think we've had Dragon's Dogma before. I mean, not that that matters. We've had repeats. Um, it, but Damon, that would be the real trippy thing. It's just <laughs> do the same game twice in a row. <laughs> then the third week, it's like, did he do it again? <laughs> uh, is this game made by Capcom? No. Uh, okay. I think it's probably made by Sony, but I wish I would have asked that to begin with. So, but like Sony doesn't make a RPG like games. Well, yeah, and uh, and some of their most notable first party games aren't made in Japan either. There's Japan uh, Studio, yeah, but mm -hmm. there's you know Santa Monica. I mean, this could still be on Vita or PSP or something like that. That's what worries me a little bit. But. So it's fantasy themed, right? Mm -hmm. You said it's not a brawler the way that I described a brawler, but it sounds like there's definitely some brawling in it. Mm -hmm. You're brawling with, um, with it sounds like jellies you know, like or something. A Skyrim clone. But I don't understand why I would have multiplayer. Yeah, but multiplayer. I don't understand um, why I'd have that. Probably co-op. So it could be... Uh, with RPG, though. It's not because this isn't made in Japan, but I was thinking like Divinity or something like that. What, what is the, the developers of Celeste, the game that came out with before? I don't... Well, remember. let's get this out of the Windhook? way. Is this an indie game? No. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, good one. I don't have it. It's going to be a game I've never heard of the title of. Do I you know it. I can already feel it. create your own character? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's 15. What are you thinking? It's also not, I'm picturing like full-on RPGs, but it's not. You know, yeah. it's something like, uh, you know, I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but it's something like a, Saints Rowy style game that has like some character progression but isn't an RPG. So like and it's Japanese. Sleeping Dogs. <sighs> Sleeping Dogs again. I wouldn't I think that's too far removed from RPG. Plus you don't play as a woman ever. Um you make your own character? We said fantasy. I think, so. yeah. I think you play as a fantasy though. Oh yeah. It's yeah. also fantasy. I feel and like not Capcom. So it has to be like this. Sony or Konami. Sony only. Own character. I feel like this sounds like a, a game that Square. I would play. Do you think it'd be a Final <laughs> Fantasy spinoff? Were there any? Or Metal you, Gear? Oh, what's the Final Fantasy spinoff um, and what's the Metal Gear spinoff? Well, could be Crisis Core. You, make you can't make. You don't make your own character. What's the other one? What's the, um? Well, what about Final Fantasy is, 14? It is def. You said it's definitely online. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Final Fantasy 14, but well, that's blatantly part of a franchise. Yeah. We can ask. Oh yeah, it's definitely. Are there other MMOs from the time that were on console? That were only on PS3? Why not Japanese made? Uh, the, the PS3 thing's a good point. No, not that I can think of. But Final Fantasy XIV does fit all these? Wait, he was so weirded out if it was a series or not. I guess Final Fantasy XIV is... Yeah, it doesn't have a direct Was this game made by Square Enix? Nope. Nah. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just wanted to knock out other RPGs too. Great. I wasn't That's just yeah. asking for Square, for Final mm -hmm. Fantasy fourteen. We should have asked if it was if it was an MMO. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's I don't, I don't think there's that many more Japanese made yeah. notable high profile MMOs. Well, it's looking at me like I'm getting something wrong. Japanese made. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I yeah, I'm worried. 
I'm worried we're overlooking something because we didn't narrow down the consoles in the years very well. We got console generation. Yeah. And we know it's not on Nintendo or we know it's on the PS3. Or the PS Vita? <laughs> it just could be on the Vita, is the PS- PSP or PC. Is PS Vita on the current? current? No, that was last like year. It could be a big RPG on PC, especially MMO. But not Japanese made. Well, MMOs are more common. Uh, just to clarify, I never said this was an MMO. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. But it's a multiplayer RPG, so you're just missing one in. That's yeah. why we are working. Well, there were a lot well. of other kind of like a, like Dungeon Siege is a I multiplayer mean, RPG. It's yeah. just not PlayStation exclusive. What about um, like uh like I mean obviously Diablo is Blizzard, but were there other like top down action RPGs mm-hmm. from that from last gen? I just feel like they're so indie. Yeah. Yeah, like Dungeon Siege was like that. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm trying to think of another thing. What about art style? Should we we can get a, a really Crazy is thing it, to happen do if you, it's. Do you guys want to ask if it was co-op or not? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Whatever you want. Is We're it, not going to get it. Is it a co-op game? Uh, co-op is available. Okay. That's an option. I like this one. Bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if it's like a tactical RPG game? Well, co-op is available though, and you make your own character. It's probably on the PS3 or the PC. Oh no. Yeah, there's no, there's no way to know okay. now. Yeah. Um, okay, you're right. We should have. Sorry. I give up. <laughs> you give up with three what? questions left? Yeah. Was this on PS3? Yes. There you go. <laughs> okay. Now we're in, we're in a better situation. Was this developed by a Sony studio? Is it a first-party game? Uh, no. Not for us. What? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe so- Sony did not publish this game for us. Or, oh, America? so is it a Japanese only game then? <laughs> I'm not asking that question. So, <laughs> all right. Well, it's uh, interesting that you well, should we can ask it. Well, what's interesting is what Damon's describing is that this is probably a first party game in Japan, but not a first party game here. But oh. typically, the opposite happens. Like you know, level five will make like Professor Layton, and then Nintendo localizes it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. He said it backwards, I think. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. So I wonder, so I'm trying to think of Sony published games in Japan that maybe were not no, Sony. No, yes. Yes. Okay. I get it. That were not Sony published in America. Well, um, we're down to the final guess. Yeah, I don't have it. The game. What is. What about. Give us one more summary of what we know. The PS3 exclusive, not made by Capcom or Square Enix, not published by Sony here. In the RPG family with some multiplayer where you can create your character, choose your gender. Was and it's fantasy themed. You guys know anything about 3D Dragon games? Dragon Quest something? Uh, Dragon Quest you always play. That's oh, where you next, sorry. <laughs> but there was that Dragon Quest MMO, but I think that was on the DS, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's not Square Enix, so I give up. Would you guys would do you guys know anything about 3D dot heroes? I don't remember if that's 3D dot game heroes. I don't think you should create your character in it. I don't it's remember. as good a guess as any. Go for it. Dude, I'm pretty sure it's not that. But That's fine. It's better than saying nothing. <laughs> Man. It doesn't have multiplayer. That's not it. Okay, it's not, definitely not No, that. I reviewed that game. Okay. See, you did know something about it. <laughs> what? I didn't say I didn't know anything about it. I love that game. Should, I don't remember creating characters. Okay. Should I reveal the answer? Yes. 2009? Yeah. Before there was Dark Souls. Mm. Ah, Demon Souls. There was Demon oh. Souls. Oops. Why are we From so? <laughs> well, I was like, well, I was it's thinking a that Souls series, I think. Yeah, I was thinking that, but because you were so like 
Well, I said hesitant. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Oh, man. I just, I couldn't say for certain. I read way like too far into that. <laughs> part of that series. We screwed up. Yeah. And I thought, I thought, you know, we talked about From Software. Yeah. Earlier this episode, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We screwed it up. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Didn't I feel personally responsible. This time. I, think I think we, we had the right mix of questions. We just weren't in that space. Well, you, you, you even mentioned Dark Souls. So mm-hmm. you, got, you got really close to it. Yeah. Uh, I've never played Demon Souls. I've, I've tried all the Dark Souls, but I never got around Demon's. Did you play that? No. 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 I know people, people still love, people still want like a, an HD like remake of that one. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Why not? Uh, the Souls series is all complicated now, right? Between like yeah. you know, FromSoft had to go off and make Dark Souls because Demon Souls isn't theirs. Mm. Oh, I didn't Weird, realize yeah. that. Atlas published it here in the U.S. Mm. I didn't remember that either. Demon Souls, yeah. But thank you for your suggestion, Camille, in Staten Island. If Thanks, you have Camille. your own suggestions, email them to us at gamescoop at ign.com. That is all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Casey. Yep. My name is Damon. This is IGN GameScoop. And we're out. Bye. I never told you I was broken, that I'd never be the same. So many words were left unspoken, and now you're on a plane. On a plane. Yeah.